Welcome to In The Room, the Vital Leadership Podcast. Vital Church is a multicultural, bilingual church located in McAllen, Texas. Visit our website, vitalchurch.com, where you'll find links to all our media platforms. For now, sit in the room with us as Pastor Carla leads the conversation, Pastor Charlie adds commentary, and the Vital Church staff provides input and feedback on topics of church ministry, leadership, vision, culture, and more. We also sprinkle in a little Spanish, a little humor, and some storytelling. Let's get in the room. All right. Good morning, team. We are back. God bless yes, you. Good morning. How's everybody doing? <laughs> <laughs> Carla, it's good to be back. It's, it's good to be back. Uh, it's incredible to think this is season three Come of on. In the Room. And this season, obviously, if we're speaking in English, it's going to be in English. Back to English. It's back to English. It was fun and challenging to do our Spanish, uh, our season two in Spanish. It was a lot of fun. It really challenged us to get better in our, in our Spanish, so we enjoyed that. But we're thankful for the opportunity to share through this podcast an insight look into how our church functions. And I, I just wanted to mention this, if anybody's new to, to listening to us and they haven't gone back and they're starting to listen to us at this point, it's just been so humbling and an honor just to be able to share how our church functions and how we do a lot of things, just an inside look, as I mentioned. And not only that, but just the fact that we get to just encourage and inspire people who are listening. There could be people that are doing ministry or people in business or parents, spouses. Yeah. You could be a friend to somebody, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at. There's always an opportunity to influence. There's always an opportunity to lead. And I have found that leadership principles that we've been sharing don't only apply to ministry. We repeat it this time and time again. They can apply to any area of our lives. And If that's why we call it in the room because yeah. it's... Uh Kind of the way we do things and our personal staff where we talk about culture and vision and other things. And if you can glean something from it, hey, praise God. Yep. And during this time that we've been off between seasons, uh, we've had a lot of requests. It's been interesting. We've had a lot of people reach out, people in ministry and, and even people in business. Mm -hmm. And they've just asked Can you go into specifics, a li little more specific? I'm like, I thought we were being very specific, very transparent, uh, but we're going to try to be a little more specific about certain topics. Sure. Because there are certain topics that people want to hear about. If, if our listeners and even our congregants, our volunteers, our leaders are asking, hey, why don't you tackle this topic? You know, that's pretty much how this season is going to go. We, we've written down a lot of questions, a lot of topics people have asked for, and that's what we're going to do. So if you've listened to our podcast before, or if it's your first time, we mention a phrase quite a bit. Everyone here in the room is going to agree that we mention a phrase a lot, and it's reproduce yourself. You all have heard us say that a lot, but we're going to dig in. We're going to go in a little bit deeper into what that means because people have asked, okay, what does that mean exactly? How do you apply this principle in your leadership or in your church? There's a difference between building your volunteers and building your team and then preparing someone to do what you do, okay? So that's the focus, preparing someone to do what you do. And we're gonna have just one scripture today. It's one powerful scripture and we're gonna, you know, extract an amazing principle out of these few verses. And I'm going to ask Fernie to come and read that scripture for us. Matthew 24, 
verses 45 through 47. Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at their proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Thank you so much, Rene. So when this principle that I want to extract from here is that when somebody uh, is looking to mentor somebody or reproduce themselves in somebody, there's a specific quality that they're looking for. There's specific things. This is not one of our points, but I do want to mention this. There's specific things that you're looking for. And and I love how in scripture it says they're looking for somebody faithful Mm -hmm. in our terms, there's a word you and I use a lot, hon, when we're seeking out people to grow their potential. And we say loyal. We say loyalty matters. This scripture reflects that. Somebody who is faithful, somebody who is responsible, somebody who is wise, you take that person and you begin to trust. That's another issue. That's another thing to look out for. Can you trust? So these are not necessarily our points, but I do want to mention when you're seeking somebody to take under your wing, you're obviously looking for somebody who's loyal, somebody who's responsible, somebody who's wise, somebody who's trustworthy. I think a lot of pastors, and and I say pastors because that's our position, but this applies to business and in many areas of leadership, even your household or or in school or wherever, wherever you're at, It's difficult to find people who are trustworthy. We have a lot of issues concerning trust. But if that's the biggest issue that you are finding, but you see that the person is faithful, they're loyal, they're responsible, they're wise, and you you know this person hasn't done anything specific for me not to trust them, it's just my walls that I have or it's just past experiences that are uh, making me feel this way, then it's it's worth taking a risk. Even if you feel that person's gonna uh, require a little more out of you, a little more mentoring, a little more just shaping, it's worth taking that leap of faith, you know, and, and just mentoring this person, taking people under your wing. That first phrase in the New Living Translation has three descriptive traits that refer to what you're trying to describe. It says a faithful, sensible servant, is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing. Yeah. So I think faithful, sensible, yeah. and responsibility or mm-hmm. responsible, I think those are three things that encapsulate what mm-hmm. we look for mm-hmm. in leaders. I was speaking to a friend of mine just this past weekend who happens to hear our podcast, and he yeah. says, you know what? He says, our church does things in a very similar fashion as far as selecting leaders. Yeah. He's heard us mention that we will look for the heart We will look Mm -hmm. for the responsibility, the character in a person before the talent. Why? Because the talent, a lot of it can be taught. If you have an inclination toward a skill and we can send you to a training or we can somehow equip you or Mm -hmm. or help you, then that's one thing. But character is one of those things that only God can deal with. And we are not God, right? We we can't teach that. There are things that are not taught, they're caught, right? Right. And so if if you learn to be faithful and sensible, again, respectful to, mm-hmm. to people and sensitive to the people that you lead and at the same time responsible i mean you're well on your way to uh, a rewarding leadership and the reason we're, we're discussing this is because within our ministry leadership roles and within our staff we emphasize something a lot we'd like for two people to know how to do one job mm-hmm. we like for everyone to have a backup person at least two at yeah. least two yeah if possible 
three, four, yeah. and multiply it. And there's a reason behind that. Our, our topic of conversation this morning is the power of two. And I want to discuss why it is important and what are the benefits. But I want to linger a little more on these attributes that we were talking about because I think it's important that we don't punish people for our past experiences, that we don't punish somebody who's capable, mm -hmm. somebody who's showing signs of like, this person's gifted. Right. But what if I invest myself in this person and they do to me what that other person did and right. everything that I invested? We have to realize that people do not belong to us. And what you're mentioning happens a lot. Yeah. And it sabotages a lot of leaderships. Right. People often say, there's nothing worse than investing in somebody and building them yeah. and then having them leave. Well, there is something worse. It's yeah. never building them and having them right. stay, right? right? That's worse because then you have to deal with the immaturity. You have to deal with the fact that they never grow. And that becomes a liability to your leadership as well. So that really resonates with me. I think personally, as a leader, I've tried to be very intentional about not judging a person based on what somebody else did or making somebody who's going to be there for my future pay mm. for what somebody did in my right. past. Wow, that's um, good. So we have to be able to differentiate those things and guard our hearts so that we're at the same time not unfair right. to somebody else who's trying right. to do it right, right, who's trying to be loyal, who's trying to be faithful and um, just guard your heart. So again, if within your leadership, you see somebody who's faithful, wise, responsible, loyal, sensible, sensible, faithful. And, and you feel like, okay, you know, this person seems like I can trust them, right? Then pour into them. And this is the why. Why is it important? The first thing is because you're acknowledging their gift. You're acknowledging the gifts in others. We have to remember that somebody once believed in us, okay? We, we were having a conversation where we were mentioning that everyone in our staff here didn't come into a position because they were professionals already or they were extremely qualified, but they they were loyal and they, they fit all of these things that we discussed. And we saw that they had a passion mm -hmm. and they had a gift. And we decided, you know what? We're going to take these people under our wing. And, and we love the fact that every single person that's been a hire, you know, has developed their yeah. gift. They've developed themselves and we've challenged everyone to develop themselves. It's important that somebody once took a chance on us. Sure. Somebody saw something in us. They believed in us and we were given the opportunity. So when you decide, I'm going to develop myself, I'm going to duplicate myself, then you're acknowledging gifts in other people. And that helps us become selfless. I think that's been one of the keys to our leadership is we've learned to recognize that we're growing together with you guys. Yeah. We were young pastors when we started and we were inexperienced. I mean, we had served as youth pastors, but that's a whole different ballgame mm -hmm. to leading a church and planning right. a church. Right. So we went into it with that sense of humility that we do not know it all. And we're going right. to need a team when God started giving us the growth that demanded that we grow the team as well. We had to go into it with that humility of like, hey, we don't know it all. You're coming up under our wing, not to learn everything there is to learn about church and leadership, mm -hmm. but to grow together with us, to run with, with the vision for sure. And I think that's been such a blessing. It's been yeah. so refreshing to be in that kind of environment, guys, where I know you guys respect us and you honor us as leaders, but we also have learned to honor and respect you mm -hmm. and see you not just as employees, much less as subordinates, but see you as partners in the yeah. mission, in the mission field, yeah. partners 
in outreaching partners, in mm -hmm. doing the will of God and growing his kingdom. So thank you guys for that. When you decide also to invest in somebody else, you're creating opportunity. People feel like, I'm not going to be stagnant in this church. Sure. I'm not going to be stagnant in this ministry. There's opportunities for me to grow. Yeah. And that's important too. That's motivating to the it's team. motivating. They know that they have room to grow. They right. have a room to ascend. Even some of you here, you started off on a specific role. And as the years go by, when we renew contracts, there's some of you that have received your job descriptions where they where we mention and we acknowledge these other gifts in you and we're proud of you for that. And 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 you better believe we we have our eye on you for <laughs> for promotion and for a different role and for you to expand. It creates opportunity, it's a motivator. This is also, I think you already mentioned it, it's a sign of humility from the leader. Mm -hmm. When you say, I, I'm, I'm not the only one that's capable of doing this. Uh, and I do want to mention, everybody is unique. The Lord made us individually unique. It's not a matter of replacing you. It's a matter of you multiplying who you are and having more more reach. And I'll go into that and in a And acknowledging your limitations. Right. Uh, it allows you to focus on the things that you are good at mm -hmm. and then depend on the team for the things that you're not so good right. at. And that makes us all the more effective. And this is also a sign of maturity. I wrote this down here because I think this affects many leaders. When you acknowledge the gift in somebody else, it's a sign of maturity. And the reason I, I believe a lot of us don't reproduce ourselves or we don't duplicate ourselves is because we feel insecure mm -hmm. and we feel threatened. We, we say, what if they end up doing it better than, than yeah. we do? Think mm -hmm. about it in terms of even the physical anatomy, right? When we are kids... We mm -hmm. come into adolescence and we come into what's called puberty, right? Mm -hmm. What is puberty? It's where your body begins to change, preparing itself to reproduce. And so with maturity comes the ability to reproduce yourself anatomically, physically speaking. Mm -hmm. The same thing in leadership. If you are not a leader, if, like Carla said, if you're insecure about reproducing, hey, I don't want somebody to replace me. I don't want somebody to take my place. That's a sign that you haven't gone through leadership puberty. You haven't gone, wow. you haven't matured. You haven't matured to the degree that you should want to and you should be equipped to reproduce yourself. I'll never forget one of the most motivating things for me as a very young leader was uh, within our denomination, I was elected a sectional leader, which put me in charge of the youth of, of uh, maybe over 15 to 20 churches. Mm -hmm. And I remember our district leader called me the very next morning after I was elected to that position. He was leading hundreds of churches, right? Uh, or representing hundreds of churches. And he says, hey, congratulations. We're glad you're going to be part of the team. And I hope that one day the next call I get is that you're replacing me, that you're taking yeah. my spot. Now, that never happened. And uh, thank God <laughs> it was not something I was after. But just the fact that as a leader, he already had the outlook, foresight to say, hey, these guys are up and coming and one of them needs to take my place mm -hmm. one day. Uh, that was very motivating. It was a life lesson and a leadership lesson for me. I'm going to mention this scripture. I, I hadn't written it down, but... In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works mm. because I'm going to the to be with the Father. Yes. And that's amazing. You know, anybody who believes in me, and this is again, is in John 14, 12, you're going to do greater works. And yeah. I feel that that's where we stagnate. And that's Jesus talking. <laughs> that's Jesus saying, I want you to do greater things. Yep. I mean, the greatest leader of all time. And, and we should have that desire that people who are coming after us 
would do greater things and would we'll take, take the further. vision even yeah. further. Exactly. So these are some of the whys it's important that, and why we practice this here in our church. Every leader of every ministry finds somebody that could step in when they're out. Okay. One of the signs that you're not doing that well mm -hmm. is when you start losing leaders, mm -hmm. when you start, when you can't retain leaders, because perhaps people, and I was in that situation once, you grow as a leader under an organization, under a leadership, under a culture, and then there comes a point where you have grown, but the organization is not growing. Mm -hmm. The culture is not maturing mm -hmm. as you are, mm -hmm. and you start bumping your head against the invisible mm -hmm. ceiling, right? Mm -hmm. It was something that within that organization we saw often. Anybody that rose up in leadership, mm -hmm. some way, somehow, was was leaving. You know, wow. either they were channeled out, pushed out, or left, yeah. whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And I, in retrospect, now I've learned from that and said, listen, when you can't retain leaders, it's because you're not allowing enough opportunities for people to grow. You're not mm -hmm. reproducing yourself at the rate that you should. If the leaders are growing, then the church mm -hmm. and the multiplication yeah. should be growing with yeah. it. You, you mentioned organization and building. I was sharing with you and Pastor Oz and a few of our leaders last week that I heard this tremendous phrase where if you're not reproducing leaders, mm -hmm. you're not building your ministry or organization, you're actually getting ready for it to be buried. Isn't that crazy? Because you haven't developed anybody to continue Correct. after you. So I, as I the as the generation of leaders dies off, so does the church so does or the, the organization. Church, or so does your legacy or so does your ministry, so does your work. I don't think any of us would like to think <laughs> that everything we've worked hard for is going to be buried. And so let's talk about the benefits of duplicating leaders. And we're talking about leaders. Again, this is something we emphasize a lot. And I'm going to mention a few benefits. Why? The first thing is when something unexpected occurs with the leader, Things don't stop. They continue moving forward. I remember your mom, I was listening to her preach one time, and she says, none of us are indispensable. We're all important. Right. We're all extremely important in the work of the Lord, and what an honor to be part of the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But we're not indispensable. What does this mean? When the Lord has a, a plan or a purpose that he needs to carry out, he will just raise up someone else yeah. to do the work that he has set out to do. I think that some leaders take pride in saying, well, if I'm not there, you know, they're going to find out. They can't do it without me. I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> well, it feeds your ego, but it doesn't grow your leadership. Right. You know, um, just this past Sunday, I was out of town and everything ran without Without yes. failure, without anything mm -hmm. here at church. You were able to serve the... Yeah, and somebody was asking home. me, at, I, I spoke at a different church here out of town, and they were saying, hey, so what happens when you're out of town? I'm like, nothing. Everything, <laughs> everything runs the way it runs every single Sunday, except for the fact that somebody is preaching in my stead. But organizationally, I think that, and I'm very grateful for the team, because you guys have owned your roles. Yes. You have taken on your leaderships and been responsible with it. And you've multiplied yourselves. And that's reflective when the leader's yeah. out. You know, the church, there's nothing happens. You know, right. we're good. We're fine to go. Right. And uh, God forbid, you know, if, if one of us were to miss out for a season, even mm. then I know that the church is going to be in good hands. And right. so all of that's very important. You know, a couple of weeks ago, you know, there's a lot of new things that happen here in our church. And as you grow, things happen that you've never seen before. 
And I mentioned to a group of leaders uh, in one of our meetings that a few Sundays ago we had an incident and five different areas of ministry were involved in resolving the yeah. incident and God brought resolution. Yeah. At the end of the day, I realized it wasn't the leaders who were there mm-hmm. to resolve, wow. but it was their delegates yeah. and they did it with excellence. Yeah. And I said, wow, Lord, this is so amazing, right? Because we didn't, I didn't feel like, oh my goodness, the leader is not here. How are we going to fix this? Right. We, we just uh, put our brains together, whoever was in place in that day, and things worked out, mm-hmm. you know, and I saw the importance of that. Another benefit is that when the church expands or multiplies, you're ready to send leaders. Come on. That Which we, is what we're going through that's right what we're now. Going through. We're launching yeah, a campus. Exactly. And we have leaders mm-hmm. in place. We have our campus pastors. They're going to have leaders. Some things are going to be delegated out of main campus. But the idea is to build leaders right. at Mid-Valley Campus and, uh, again, reproduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we're in a position where uh, we can la- launch a campus because we have leaders that are ready to be sent out. That is so key because you're not feeling like our main campus is going to suffer because we had to supply, you yeah. know, for another campus. We feel that our our leaders understand the roles and the people have rallied around the vision and we've created opportunity and this uh, creates, you know, just a, a perfect setting for, for growth and multiplication. Another benefit is that one person can do so much but two people can do more. Absolutely. And and that's amazing. I've always been that person that, and, and this is me, right? <laughs> I don't like uh, the stage. I don't like to be center of attention. But I love to celebrate our leaders. And I love to see how they're growing and, and where people are on stage that they're in the same boat as me. That I don't like the stage, but uh, they have a singing talent or they have a speaking talent. And I see them on stage overcoming, you know, those fears. You know, I celebrate that. Mm -hmm. And I realize as we develop more people, you know, we're able to do so much more for the kingdom of God, not for vital church necessarily, not to grow our name, but to make, you know, grow the name of the Lord and to expand his work and his word. And that, that's the basis of it all, you know, expanding God's kingdom, getting the word out, preaching the gospel that souls may come to Christ. So yes. if we feel that as leaders, we're doing a lot, you know, we're accomplishing a lot. That's awesome. We want you to grow. We want you to accomplish a lot. But who uh, are you mentoring that can say, I'm not here. This person can step right in and everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean that you're not needed. It means that you delegate it well enough and you trust it enough for that person to feel confident to step in. Absolutely. And then if they mess up, when you come back, you fix it. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying that. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> this is something that I wrote down, and I feel it is so key. And I think people in ministry are afraid of. So the benefits of duplicating yourself is that you're able to rest. Yes. Rest is biblical. For sure. Right? Some of us feel guilty to rest, to mm-hmm. be off on a Sunday in your case, I'd like. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. Yes. It's okay to rest. Jesus did it. Yeah. And it was the whole principle of the Sabbath. Right. The Sabbath was to free the people from the grip of dependency of their work, right? We can fall into that trap where everything depends on our work and mm-hmm. forget that, no, everything depends on God. Right. So what did God do? He established the Sabbath to teach the people, are you capable of working six days and mm-hmm. trust me to provide for seven? And it's the same thing in leadership. 
Are you capable of doing your work, being responsible? Yes, because mm-hmm. if we're going to talk about rest, we got to juxtapose it with work. We're called to work. We're called to be responsible. Right. We're called to be faithful. But because of our faithfulness, we're also mm-hmm. given the privilege of rest. Right. right. And can you work hard and, yes, own your role and be diligent? But can you also trust God that when you are on vacation, that when you do mm-hmm. get sick, that when you are out of town, that he's going to take care of everything right. precisely because you've been faithful, right. precisely because you have been a good steward of your leadership and you have reproduced yourself. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I think rest is one of our best forms of worship. In mm-hmm. fact, it's interesting that the Sabbath is tied to worship. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to rest from your work duties, but you're also supposed to dedicate that day to worship the Lord. And so rest is forever tied with worship. Right. When you're able to take a step back, when you're able to take a day off, when you're able to take a week off, that's worship because you're depending on God and you're also reaping the rewards of your faithful leadership. Right. Abraham. Uh, one of the things that I really enjoy and I, I, I stress it sometimes with our worship team and with our technical team that has to do sometimes with music is precisely that rest is a beautiful thing. Yes. Uh, it creates contrast between mm-hmm. two things. Yes. Mm-hmm. It uh, provides pace. Mm. Yeah. And it develops a healthy rhythm. Yes. Without true. it, you can't. That's true. So if we apply that musical aspect of it yeah. to ministry or yeah. to leadership, if you do it and 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 do it, and all of a sudden you crash, there, there's no more constant. Like right. you, mm-hmm. you weren't able to keep it up. And then you have periods of of highlights and then you have periods where you're not being effective. Right. Right. So I think it applies in everything. I think that there are times when you need to be busy, yes. but the rest gives you the ability yeah. to be able to produce yes. in that moment when you need to be efficient and you right. need to work hard for a small period of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. That rest gives you the ability to do it when you need it, yes. Yes. but it also provides a healthy rhythm, a healthy yes. pace. Speaking of music, yeah. right? The yeah. spaces are just as important as the notes. Wow. Uh, because that's what creates the rhythm. Right. And uh, for longevity's sake in leadership, you want to be able to pace yourself. You know, I'll never forget a wise man told me and he had, he was an older gentleman, been in leadership for a long time. And I said, hey, how do you how do you achieve longevity in leadership? He says it's it's pace. It's rhythm. He says, look, you're young and you could absolutely kill yourself and keep going nonstop. Arduously. He says you could do it because you feel strong and you have that health. Mm-hmm. He says, but what good is it? To go at a pace that's not normal and then perhaps die young, you know, or burn out. Right. He says, your church will be better suited having you live 70, 80 years or more <laughs> by pacing yourself than if you go full speed to your 40 or 50. Even the church is going to benefit from your leadership mm-hmm. in the long term if you pace yourself. And I, I wrote this last benefit and uh, it's a strong one. You can edit it out if you want to, hunt. <laughs> but it protects people from creating idolatry. Come on. Sometimes we create idols without even thinking about it. Yeah. For example, you mentioned you were out and you've been out mm-hmm. as a pastor. And we love how the Lord speaks into our lives through you. But we also know the Lord has many vessels that he can use to bless us as well. I, I don't want to come across the wrong way. And we need to be constant as leaders. We need to work hard. We, we need to persist. 
We need to be dependable. Yeah. We need to uh, encourage, influence, inspire, all of those things. You've done such a great job giving the church an opportunity to hear other voices whom you trust. Yes. Not just just delegating any person that yeah. that you don't know their heart. That you've given the church an opportunity to be blessed through yeah. other ministries. Um, and you don't necessarily announce, I'm not going to be here on Sunday. You know, we're constantly surprised. And I, I think most people like surprises, I mm -hmm. think. But um, and, and you we know protect what? people from that. I'm glad you mentioned that. And not mentioning when I'm going to be out is on purpose sometimes. Precisely because it protects people mm -hmm. from idolatry, mm -hmm. right? I know that I'm here by the grace of God. But yes, we get a lot of those comments. Pastor, we miss you. Or we and get that's, people. And that's good. And, and it's, it's good. It's refreshing. And again, yeah. it feeds your ego to a certain degree. But here's the danger. Every single idol that people erected for themselves in scripture, God brought it down. And that's my greatest fear. I'm like, mm -hmm. I can never become an idol. Mm -hmm. My preaching, my teaching, my gift can never become an idol. And I need to protect myself. Right. And how do I do that? I remove myself once in a while from the pulpit. Right. I want them to hear other voices. I yes. bring preachers sometimes that are better than me. Why? Because I'm protecting even myself because I'm like, Lord, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> take your glory. I don't want these people to admire me more than they admire you or depend on me more than they depend on you. Right. I'm protecting myself right. because I don't want to be one of those idols in the Old Testament that the Lord brought down. God this will do that. This is such a delicate <laughs> point of conversation, but we protect ourselves from feeling so important that the team's going to break without yeah. us, that the church's not going to do what, what they could have done had I been in the picture. Yeah, I know churches that will give their pastors like a month sabbatical and every Sunday they bring it obviously a different preacher right right and I think that's part of it too it's yeah. like learning to teach the congregation there's other voices we're just messengers right, right. the message comes from God and Jesus is the central figure of our faith and let's keep the focus on him going back to what we just read where Jesus said the same works I have done you will do and even greater works mm -hmm. right so we should have that same mindset and that same idea. And when we're approached by other ministries, how do you do this? How do you do that? We very openly yeah. share how we do things. We tell them exactly where to go. Uh, last week, a pastor friend messaged me, hey, I need this information. Where did you guys get this? And I responded uh, quickly. She was very thankful. Thank you for your quick response. That was fast. It's a project that they're starting at the church and said, hey, when you're ready to kick off the project, let us know. We'd love to be a yes, part of it. Yes. So not only are we open to giving people, this is, this is it. This is how we do things. And not only do we say that, but how can we be a part of it? Absolutely. How can we help you make it happen? Well, that's what multiplication does, right. right? You reproduce yourself in other people, and then you're able to firsthand help them yeah. in their initiatives. I, I love that in the ministries here in, in the church, I'll, I'll mention one that, that comes to mind. We have our ushers team. And at some point we had one of our young adult ladies leading that team. Mm -hmm. And when a pandemic came around, her mother was in a very frail state health-wise. She was high risk and um, she spoke to us and said, I'm going to have to take this season off to protect my mother. And that's absolutely, she did the right thing. So we told her, who would you recommend? She recommended somebody. That person came in her place as, as a leader and the team, you know, just kept going. Yeah. And when she was ready to come back, you know, she's now his 
right hand, his yeah. assistant. She didn't come back and say, hey, but I was a leader. I was right. thinking you were going to put me back in my leadership role. She's like, hey, I'm ready. I'm back. Where do you want me? And I think that her thing, and I think we've seen this a couple of times in some leaders that have had to take a step back and now they're sub-leaders or, uh, or what have it. And somebody that was under them is now the leader. I've heard this phrase from them. They say, hey, just the way that this person was loyal and right. faithful to my leadership, right. it's my opportunity to return the favor and be right. faithful and loyal to their leadership. And, and man, was, that's admirable. That's powerful. And what I was going to mention is that this leader that came in, in her place, he lost his mother mm. not too long ago. Yes. He had to travel to be with his family, to mourn his mother and bury his mother. And this young lady said, you go, yeah. don't worry, we've got it. He was able to go and have that time of healing and mourning with his family, comes back, and they continue to work together. And this is pretty much everything across the board in our church is about. It's not wanting to dominate yeah, something. It's absolutely. not wanting to micromanage and constantly uh, be demanding, but it's, hey, how can we help each other? How can we mentor? How can we be stronger? And I feel that that's why our teams see this in the leadership and they're confident that one day I can get there, you know? I feel that this kind of mentality and culture has created a good, healthy number of volunteers within our church. We're, we don't have the biggest number of volunteers compared to other churches. Right. But I think for where we're at, it's a healthy place. I think the last count as of now was a little bit over 250 volunteers. And we feel in great part it is because the culture of leadership that, that we've developed here in the church. And it's Christ-like. It's just imitating Christ. There's no secrets behind it. And it's funny you mentioned that it's imitating Christ because even the secular world mm -hmm. always has a backup plan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's plan of succession when a leader is getting up there in age mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm a big sports fan. We see here in the NFL, like we're in the middle of the season, uh, by the way, I did beat Matthew this week oh, in fantasy goodness. football. Wow. I have to mention that. Wow. <laughs> no, um, but anyway, we've noticed we've noticed in the, uh, for example, the NFL, the backup quarterback has become almost just as important as the main quarterback. Yeah, and they're getting paid really good money. Why? Sometimes they can go a full season without ever playing a snap, but the team is putting a high premium on having somebody ready when the leader gets injured or when wow. the leader is not there. And so if the secular world puts a high premium on <laughs> reproducing and duplicating yourself, yeah. then, I mean, they, they got that from the gospel. They got that from mm -hmm. the word of God. You know, they got that from people like Elijah who prepared mm -hmm. Elisha. Uh, they got that from the kings of Israel and they got that from Jesus who prepared mm -hmm. the disciples and so, again, if they're doing that, then by God, the church needs to be doing that That's as well. That's right. Were you going to say something, Rodrigo? Uh, a ver si puedo decir esto de la forma más objetiva. Mm -hmm. eh, escuchando recientemente un, un, un pastor hablaba de las cosas que nos enseñaron mal eh, o la historia que se contó de una forma equivocada. Okay. okay. Uh, Rodrigo is mentioning that he heard a pastor talking about the things that we've been taught wrong or maybe understood wrong. Y él hablaba en este caso de las oportunidades, las oportunidades en el ministerio. Ahorita estamos hablando de los sugieres, eh, en el caso de los sugieres, ¿verdad? So, uh, and he was talking about opportunities in ministry, kind of like what we're talking about right now with the ushers situation. So hay sugieres que quieren ser simplemente voluntarios y hay sugieres que buscan el liderazgo. There are some ushers that want to simply serve and some of them are 
Aspiring to leadership. Aquí la pregunta es, se escucha mucho en el ministerio cristiano que las oportunidades no se piden, sino que te las tienen que venir a dar. Uh -huh. Ustedes están del lado de... Nosotros debimos haber visto a este líder emergente o si hubiera venido más gente de los sugieres a decirnos queremos ser el líder, lo toman en cuenta o se okay. rechaza porque pues está buscando en el... So the, the question is, if <laughs> somebody, question. If yeah. somebody does aspire to leadership, he's asking us what our viewpoint is. Are we uh, the kind of leader that says, hey, you shouldn't be asking for leadership? Mm -hmm. Or do we value somebody who takes that initiative and expresses, the, expresses openly, I aspire to leadership, take me into account. Is that your question? That's, sí, exactamente. Right? Eh, porque en el mundo secular también ahí se aspira para posiciones. Yeah. Eh, ves una mm -hmm. posición y tú le tiras a ello. Pero en el mundo cristiano, este pastor hablaba de que no, esas oportunidades no se piden. Te so he's saying que in the secular world, it's not unnormal or it's not abnormal to have somebody express themselves. Hey, I aspire to leadership. He feels that sometimes in church circles, that's kind of looked down upon a little bit. Like you shouldn't be asking for leadership. You should wait to be called upon. Mm -hmm. So he's asking what's our... Position. That's a very good question. I'll let you tackle it first. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me go back to the scripture we read. The leadership of Christ is a servant leadership. Let's go back to the ushers, right? Because we talked about that. And I wrote something here. We rely on the leader that's leading the team to make recommendations because that leader knows what it takes. So as pastors, we do, we are always keeping an eye. But the leader of that team knows what is required even more than we do, right? Because they're in the trenches. So we value what our team leaders tell us. We value their input. And we value it a lot also because they know our hearts. They know how we think. And we want emerging leaders. The main thing that they have to have is a servant heart. And yes. that's actually something that I wrote here. In leadership, we need to discover and mentor Passionate people who are willing to serve others. Yes. It doesn't mean that somebody uh, that comes and asks you for an opportunity doesn't have a servant heart. But usually when you have a servant heart, when you're passionate, when you're loyal, when you're wise, when you're faithful, it's just going to stand out. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to come. And I wanted to mention, even within our ushers team, we have our leader, we have our assistant leader, and we have team leaders. Because our ushers team is made up of about... Damaris, help me out with a number of uh, 50, 50 people. So we have with that group of 50, we have team leaders who oversee certain services. And what do I mean by that? We have an English service. We have a Spanish service. We have youth service. We have Mid-Valley service. So within that group, we have team leaders. Uh, I don't know if this answers your question, but we're not opposed to people coming and letting us know, hey, I'm ready to lead. But I will tell you, we lean more into the people that stand out with the attributes that we mentioned, but more than anything, a servant heart, a passionate heart, and a huge reference from the leaders that are already leading those teams. I'll add something just specific to the question. One of the questions was, should we express that desire? I think that's okay, secular world, church world. Um, I think the difference between the secular and the church world, though, is that In the, in the secular world, when you express a desire for leadership, it mostly comes from a selfish place. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way, but I mean, you want to, you probably want to raise, you want to ascend in the company, you want to, you know, uh, there's, there's going to be a benefit for you to be promoted to leadership, right? Mm -hmm. And in church leadership, 
The difference is that your your servant field just gets bigger. That's all yeah. it is. Like it's not about importance. It's not about status. It's not about prestige. You know, we've heard it said your towel just gets bigger. You get to wash more feet. You get to serve more, more people. people. So as long as you have that in mind, that in church leadership, it's again, it's servant leadership. So the higher you go, the more people you serve, the more that is expected of you. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think is very important is timing. Timing is key. And I say that on several fronts. For example, if you're a new convert and you've been six months in the church and two months serving in your area, come on, don't <laughs> don't come and say you're ready for leadership because we both know you're not. Mm-hmm. So when you feel that, hey, I have served, I have been faithful, I have you know, proven and you have that aspiration to lead, then I think it's okay to express it. But again, be wise. I think timing is key. The last thing I'll say is this, don't insist and persist because then... Then it's going to look like, okay, this is coming from a selfish place. And in the meantime, I would add, embrace the process. Embrace the process. In scripture, you know, you have the the example of David. Even after he was anointed, he served for years on end before he was promoted. So I don't know if that helps. Ozzy. You you kind of touched on it there, Charlie. Matthew 20, 26, it, but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Yeah. Right. So it's it's about serving. I've had I've had young people come up to me and say, Hey Pastor, what mm-hmm. what I need to do to be a leader? Yeah. And I don't take it wrong either. I take it like, no. okay, well, there's, 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 you know, maybe there's a, a genuine desire, a desire to serve yeah. more people. Yeah. So what I do is I give them tasks. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. them serve. You yeah. know, if it was a real desire, they they take joy in serving people. I think it's very important to acknowledge that reproducing yourself is a sign of maturity as you guys already have mentioned but it also it gives us the ability to be able to understand that as a leader we have to navigate between our job and our role uh those are two different things that have to do with the same thing Uh, and i wrote a phrase down it says maturity in a leader is being able to get the job done well without forgetting about the role yeah. For example, in, in a in a more practical sense, our media team, their job is to make slides and commercials and all this stuff, but their role is to communicate. Right. How can we do that better? Right. And sometimes we get so focused in the job part of it that we forget about our role. The yes. And when that happens, growth stagnates. Yes. Mm. And our job becomes wow. more... Like it, a job. Exactly. It becomes, <laughs> it becomes more cumbersome. It Generally, it's not very efficient. But when we start to realize that our role requires people's mm-hmm. participation yeah. so that it runs more efficiently, so that it's more consistent, yes. then we'll understand the need for reproducing yourself. Right. And it's good because the job sometimes changes with seasons, technology, different things, the role not necessarily. This is the difference between, you may have heard the example of like the newspaper industry, Mm -hmm. right? Which is practically obsolete now. The people that made the shift to digital and getting the news to people through different media platforms, they stayed afloat. But there were certain newspapers, they forgot their role, confused it for the job, they became a printing press. They forgot that their main role was to communicate the news. So when they had reduced their vision to being a printing press and print was no longer what it once was, then they went out of business. Always keep in mind what your what your role is versus what your job, because your job is going to change here and there. And even if the role stays the same. This conversation again, uh, we were asked, how do you keep your ministries going when, when, you, when one of your leaders is out or quits? We always have a backup plan. 
Yeah. We always have somebody assisting. We teach a culture of team. Yes. That we work as a team. It's not about us. It's about the goal before us. It's about reaching the lost in the in our case as a church. And I just want to say each of you is important and unique. Each of you was created with specific gifts and talents and has been anointed and called for such a time as this. Yes. But we must not forget that generations will continue coming along behind us. Absolutely. And we have to prepare them even now. You know, we see our kids on eight and 12 year olds and how much we pour into these kids because we're not seeing Luca as an eight-year-old kid and Dante as a 12-year-old kid. We're seeing them as our future leaders, as mm -hmm. our future voices. That you know, pouring into them in this season has been challenging and has been demanding, sure. but we're focused on the goal that you and I will not be eternal. A lot of you here are parents and you have children, and I know that you see your children the same way yes. and you cannot take your eye off of that. It's not like once I'm done, this church will never be the same without me. No, no. Okay. Hopefully not. Hopefully it'll be better. Yes, right. Absolutely. That's, that's what I say. The, the ladies that assist me in the office throughout the years, when I saw that they were afraid of doing something, handling specific situations, I'd be like, you can do it. Mm. And no, 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 you do it. No, you can do it. Just pushing them and encouraging them to the point where I feel extremely confident when I have to be out. Yes. And again, it's not about being negligent. It's not about dropping the ball. It's about work. Work as hard as you can. Inspire. Be dependable and all these things. But when it comes down to it, if you have to be missing, it's okay. Yes. Somebody's going to get the job done and things are going to continue moving forward. And I just want to end with this phrase. Leaders don't create followers. They create more leaders. Come on. And this uh, phrase is by Tom Peters. And I want to challenge each of you. Who are you investing into? Who are you uh, duplicating? Who yourself are you into, yeah. pouring yourself into? I've said this many times. I have challenged you. So that's the challenge today. If you consider yourself in an important role in your church, in your business, wherever you're at, if you consider that your position carries weight, what if you had to be out? Who would get the job done for you? Come on. Would everything just crumble and everybody's going to be buried under the task? Or are you setting up somebody else to build? Good stuff. Thank you very Thank much, you so guys. Much, guys. Let's have a productive week. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed being in the room with the leadership team at Vital Church. We pray that whatever takeaways you got from our time together will enrich your life, your leadership, and your spiritual walk. Remember to visit our website, vitalchurch.com, for all things Vital Church. And to follow this podcast so that you can join us for the next episode of In the Room.